0: Hey, Real Nerds, there's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds Podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at RealNerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at RealNerds. And now on with the show.
1: is real nerds podcast and for 10 years we have been seeing a new movie and podcasting our experience to the world this week we saw the suicide squad mm-hmm. Stay to the end of the episode where we shall recommend the film or not play the trailer and then spoil the film but that's not all we do we also talk about movies we've been watching movie news movies you can purchase Movies, movies, movies. I am joined via Zoom with Brad.
0: Hey.
1: And two other people. Let's head around <laughs> town with Brad.
2: <laughs> That's so mean, Ryan.
3: After 500 uh, episodes, he's just.
1: We, we, we literally changed this whole day just for you, Corinne, so we're pretty nice.
2: Yeah, but you're being mean right now.
1: Good. <laughs> Life sucks. Wear a helmet. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait.
3: Life sucks wear a helmet.
1: I've heard that yeah, in a while. In... <laughs>
3: what, what is that supposed to be? Enlighten me?
1: That's like if you hit your head, just keep going.
3: Oh, okay. I've never heard that expression before, so sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry to be confused.
1: Yeah. I guess you don't listen to Dennis Leary from like 1992.
3: <laughs> no, I listened to Bill Hicks, who um, originated Dennis Leary's material. But
2: <clears throat> I don't know who either of those people are.
3: One of them is a great comic. The other one
1: is also a good comic, but he definitely stole material. (laughs) Really? I I never knew Bill Hicks had a whole bit about cigarettes called tumors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, Brad, take us around town before I ruin this fucking podcast.
0: Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. This week at the drive-in, the 88 drive-in is showing... Peter Rabbit two, followed by Snake Eyes, followed by the Escape Room Tournament of Champions.
1: No, oh, so their shit lineup.
0: Yeah, not not terribly exciting. Um, given uh, what's I've out right now, I've seen two of
1: those. I've seen two of those movies, and I mean Snake Eyes is fun. It's okay. I don't know if it's a great movie. Um, Peter Rabbit two. Yep. Um, just
0: I'm just, it's just that, hang tight. That way, because I was going to say, just hang
3: tight for October. <laughs>
0: I'm guessing it's that way because the, the other movies uh, are more expensive right now. So it's a more cost, cost-effective lineup.
1: And, and it's okay, you know, to have a family-oriented drive-in because that'll get more people to go.
0: Then the holiday twin drive-in is showing on screen one, Jungle Cruise and Black Widow. And screen two has the Suicide Squad and Escape Room.
1: Man, they really want people to watch The
0: Escape Room.
1: Yep. Got to
3: squeeze out that Escape Room money, Ryan.
0: And that's what's going on around town.
1: Mm, Exciting. (laughs) new. Probably the best thing you could do with your time is download our 500th episode where we reveal our 100 favorite films over the past 10 years.
3: Lovely sounding episode. Wonderful time.
2: 100 favorite feature films like movies of the week not just like movies in general
1: yeah
3: well
2: that would be awesome
1: or you know corinne's 50 favorite films (laughs) anyways (laughs) man lots of energy being brought today hey let's unspool some movie news it's real news
0: I'll 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 inject some energy into this. Uh, sure, yeah, I, do it. Come on, America! Like your taste sucks.
3: Re- oh, re- wh- Why would you say that, Brad?
0: Just the, the box office returns for Suicide Squad. Like I, I guess yeah. there's, there's a, a virus out there, but um, you know, yeah. more of you went still went and saw Godzilla versus Kong. So come on.
1: You know, I I actually don't think it's the virus. Um, I'm gonna say my two cents. Because I think people now are comfortable with watching it on HBO Max.
0: Exactly. Yep. Because yep. they
1: gave that option. And if you notice, each of their films have kind of had less and less of a return. Yep. So um, people have got comfortable watching it on HBO Max. If you look at something like uh, A Quiet Place 2, it stayed really popular and it's still making money, even though the Blu-ray is out. Because it's not as easily available. Yep.
2: I honestly forgot the Suicide Squad was on HBO Max until after I had already gotten out of the theater. And I kind of wish I would have watched it at home.
3: Oh.
0: Spoilers.
3: There's always Wait one. To you. Wait not there. really.
0: <laughs> if you read Chris' Twitter, you know this is coming.
2: <laughs> Uh-oh. Wait, what?
0: I said if you, if anyone read your Twitter, it's not a spoiler. You knew this was coming.
2: Did I say something about the movie on Twitter? I forgot. I
0: don't. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was clearly like, yeah, um, you rejected the movie, like not, like you didn't do a review of the movie, but you said like something to the effect of you were put off by the violence in it. So I was like, yep.
2: <laughs> well, That's... only. Well, anyway, we'll get into it later. But <laughs> Brad's not wrong. I just forgot I tweeted anything about it.
3: I'll tell you what. I've got some fun news coming out of um, uh, some Colorado locals. Um, some small guys, you've probably heard of them. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Anybody heard of these guys?
2: No.
0: Anybody? No? Nobody? Ryan? Uh, you heard anybody? of these guys?
2: I mean, I have. I'm just kidding.
0: They sound okay. vaguely like Here's someone that was page. really popular in the 90s.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and then they, You they, know
2: what they, you mean? I feel bad to <laughs> are, are they the inventors of cheesy poofs?
3: Yes, yes. Cheesy poops. Um, I love cheesy poofs. You love Definitely, cheesy poofs. They
1: are the adventures of cheesy poofs.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Hey, Ryan, did you know that if we didn't eat cheesy poops, we'd be lame? <laughs> um, yeah. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, creators of South Park, signed an insane deal for $900 million for five more seasons of South Park and 14 spin-off movies. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty nuts. My question is, what are these 14 movies going to be in
1: my guess will be like the pandemic up, uh, special where it's maybe an hour long episode. Okay. So
3: it won't be um, like full length animated, like South Park, bigger, longer, uncut, or
1: even imagination. No. And I also, they're also making a game, which I guess they're already developing. So
0: I think it'll be a good bonus content to entice people over to Paramount Plus.
1: Oh, yep. yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paramount
2: totally. Plus doesn't have anything right now. Uh,
1: Star, yes. Trek? I, well, I, anyway.
3: Star Trek, SpongeBob. Nothing worth watching anyway. Star Trek.
1: Yeah, no, I actually think of Paramount Plus as the old person streaming uh, platform because even if you log into it, the icons are as big as your TV. You know, it's <laughs> here's uh, CSI, and they have a whole like lineup of just CSI shows and
0: um, they things like that. Classic TV too, because they have a lot of those. um you know, golden era TV shows in their their library.
1: Yeah. Yep. Do they have
3: When it when it goes to Yellowstone, does it just have a big picture of Kevin Costner just looking at you?
1: It should that'd be awesome. That's what cool people would do. Do you watch that show, Ryan? Uh, I have it, but I keep on wanting to because I love uh, Kevin Costner, and I love him in westerns. Mm-hmm. So my folks
3: like my folks like it. If that's any uh, positive response for you, yeah, old people. <laughs> It's a good thing they don't listen to this. Um, <coughs> right. They
2: don't. I thought they did.
3: No, a lot of people don't listen, don't listen to this. Listen to things they do. I had to put. I had to put. I had to put Ballyhoo on my dad's phone because he didn't bother to look into it. Uh, um.
2: Yep. Well, we know anyway. we have one listener at least, and that's Carol. Hi, yes. Carol.
3: <laughs> Carol always listens. Carol will never not listen, even when her boy is no longer on the show.
1: <laughs> no, we have listeners. I get emails from people all the time, or twit tweets. Tweets, Twitter. Wins? Someone,
3: someone tweets. sent some
1: nice things to us about our 500th episode. So. Oh,
3: neato. Neato burrito. Mm-hmm. Moving on, um, we are getting a book uh, released later this year from a legend, living legend known. Um, you, you've heard of Mel Brooks, right? I'm, I'm sure you've heard of this guy. Um, Who he's called yeah, he's just Carl Reiner's best friend. He's no, done nothing of any significance whatsoever. But he'll be releasing a memoir called All About Me, A Remarkable Life in Show Business.
1: Oh, uh, so my yeah. gosh. Leave us alone, Mel Brooks.
3: <laughs> Robin Hood, Men and Tights. Uh, yeah. Um, this is actually kind of cool because I never thought he would uh, release a um, memoir. Uh, it seemed like the time for that would have come years before. But I guess when you have... Plenty of time in pandemic land. You can do anything you want. And um yeah, we'll be getting that later this year. There's no indicated uh, full release date, but um I'm looking forward to this and I will definitely be picking it up. I hope he does the audiobook for it the way Carl did it for I Remember Me, which is a wonderful book that people should check out. Um, and then I have some sad news for everybody. It looks like two brothers who have never made a bad movie <sighs> will now become one brother that have never made a bad movie because Ethan Cohen has gone is confirming via Carter Burwell, I guess, out of all out of all places, uh, that he will no longer be making movies or does not desire to make movies and would be preferring to do theater. So looks like it's just Joel Town guys. yeah, I guess so. It could be a Steven Soderbergh thing where he's like, I'm gonna retire to paint, and he's just like, Yeah, but what look what I can do on my iPhone. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's not um, like he's dying or anything. He's just going over to the theater. He's doing different work.
1: You don't understand. But Going to the theater is dying. Nope. That's a theater joke for anybody listening.
2: What? <laughs> you come here and say that to my face, Brian?
1: Welcome to Brian, the- uh, to- <laughs> I started many plays in high school and yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> hey,
3: hey, hey not Ryan. If you're
2: going to a good one. Ryan, can I guess yours a new is show? just bad. Can no, we start I've, a new- I've-
3: Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, can we start a new th- show called Theater Kids Podcast instead of just real nerds? And then yes, you can make uh, all the know. theater
1: kid jokes you want. That's
2: what you can I do have, after Ballyhoo. I have seen a lot of
1: plays, and I'm just making fun of them because I can because I was in them and in the crew and plays. I've, I I know them in Inside and Out. Brad can attest. I was a freaking star in high school.
0: Yeah, I saw him play Vic Fontaine in Greece
1: that's right and i was the lead in the odd couple i've been so many things i can't even tell you wait wait wait
3: wait, wait. who did you play in the odd couple Felix or oscar oscar oh that makes sense that makes sense i i i kind of want to see that now (laughs) uh you don't (laughs) oh yeah i do ryan like i genuinely do i do like the way you perform if you want to see me uh
1: be good in things you should watch real nerds pod show available on youtube where you can also subscribe but is it written by neil simon (laughs) No, it's written by me and Brad, so it's even better.
2: <laughs> wow. Way the to take hum- your own horn.
3: Oh, my God. Such humility emanating from the Frost
1: household. <laughs> um, I mean, I came up with the jam of getting hit in the face with a giant dildo that left a shape of a penis on my face. <laughs> Top Met- that, Neil Simon.
0: Neil Simon never would have been creative enough to think of that. No. Yeah.
3: You're right, Ryan. I guess I'll just uh hang out with my twelve hundred Oscars and Evan here right now
1: and just you know, I mean yeah he's a great writer, but could he think of a freaking title as gay for rdj no, that's just pure gold
3: could could he come up with such a wonderful idea as a shitty ghost played by me
1: no not nope. even you zach you your our pod show is so brilliant <laughs> that even he can't come up with that. <laughs>
3: you hear that neil simon you can't conjure me up (laughs) um moving on though um we got some 4k news that it's stuff that's not coming out this week but i thought it'd be worthy uh to bring it up first of all inglorious bastards is finally getting its 4k release coming this october um so that means there's only what two quentin movies on 4k that
1: feels like wrong you know i hope they use my blurb for it the only good hitler is a dead hitler he gets a shot a lot in the face
3: <laughs> yeah it's really funny and, and eli roth doing it makes it almost all the more sweeter um and uh and who thought eli roth would be the one to kill hitler I, I i certainly didn't bet on that um and then uh i didn't see much else on the um 4k front except for some some horror films from back in the day getting a getting a 4k release i mean they're called dracula the wolf man the invisible man and frankenstein i mean those seem pretty old and like
1: nobody would care except you I'm hoping of. they're gonna be on sale for black friday because i have the steel books by alex ross and they're amazing
3: mm-hmm. so i
1: really don't I, I, <laughs> but i saw that the packaging is like a book too so i don't know
3: yeah i so the only thing that uh I talked about this with somebody on Twitter and I told them I was probably going to be double dipping, but the more I think about it, the more I might hold off because it is only four titles. And I find it weird that among them, Bride of Frankenstein is not on that list
1: because oh, that, they're going to have a volume two for sure.
3: I mean, I'd hope so. I mean, because you have to do, you could do that creature from the black lagoon, um, the mummy, And if you were going to do another fourth one, I guess you would do, um,
1: I think you do the Phantom.
3: Yeah. But it just sucks because that version of the Phantom of the Opera is not the Phantom of the Opera that rocks. It's,
1: it's all right. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Claude Rains is great
3: in it, but I, but I Mm. I have no desire to watch two opera stars hamming up the scenery when I want a monster. Um, But yes, you can get them in 4K. Um, They're carrying over all the original bonus features, it looks like. I didn't see anything listed as new. But uh, yeah, look for that in October, guys. Um, If you don't already have the Universal Monsters in some form, this might be a good way to get that started. Uh, Or you can get the 32-pack that I have, which has all of them in Blu-ray and some of them carryover titles, so you actually get like 15 copies of Evan and Costello meet Frankenstein.
1: Mine's going to be like triple-dipping because I have... uh like the complete creature collection plus right. the steel book, complete Dracula plus the steel book. <laughs> complete. Do you have, did, Man. So, you,
3: so you don't have the 32 set box that I got, right?
1: No, I, cause I bought the steel books first and then I waited until Dracula and then were on sale. And then I bought the other films because I mean, I don't mind double dipping if it comes with Dracula, if I get, you know, four other movies for 16 bucks, I mean, that's whatever.
3: Oh yeah, yeah no, it's 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 it is a solid deal. Um, I just I thought for some reason you had jumped on that box sale when it went on sale because that's when I got it. So, um, but yeah, it's still available, which is cool because it ha- it does have all the like little ins and outs and whatnot. and It has all those legacy collections you're talking about just stuffed into one nice little box. So, um, and then the last piece of news is um, some old man who won't fucking retire put out a trailer for his new movie called cry macho uh clint eastwood's coming back to theaters in september um i don't know looks fine i guess (laughs) did you watch the trailer for this ryan yeah it's there it's there yeah i just he looks like he's on he looks like he's about to fall over (laughs) doesn't
2: clint eastwood always look like that
3: he definitely did in the mule, and he and I thought that was that was it for him. But no, apparently not. I, I admire that he's still working, but the but the other part of me goes goes like, dude, like you're you're gonna die on set one day, and it's gonna be like a nightmare for everybody on there. Like, stop it. <laughs> but then I remember that the 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 idea of making movies till you die is a very romantic ideal. So the trailer itself looks interesting. I'm. I'm hesitant, because I still haven't even gone to Richard Jewell yet, because I just don't really have any desire to watch it, but um, we'll see what happens with Cry Macho. Maybe it'll end up being a movie of the week. Who knows? Uh, and that's news, unless I missed anything. Oh, yes, wait, no. Did. I did miss something. Um, we lost somebody uh, through a tragic accident this week. Trevor Moore, comedian and uh, one of the founders of The Whitest Kid You Know, died at the age of 41 due to an accident. Um, was anybody here a fan of Whitest Kid You Know? Nope.
2: I don't know what that is.
3: Okay, so then, Corinne, that was not the news you were alluding to?
2: No, actually, two other pieces of news, including a death. I uh, can't remember her name, but she was also on Night Court.
0: Oh, Marky Post. Yeah, yeah Post. Oh,
2: yeah,
3: Marky Post, yeah.
2: So, just Which is weird, weird because we Charles had...
0: Robinson just died.
2: Yeah. I know. Two Night Court people within, what, like a month of each other? Very sad. But the news I was referring to just dropped a couple of hours ago. Idris Elba is voicing Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2.
1: Look at me. I'm Red Superman. I
2: didn't even know they were making a Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't you know, Corinne? That was the last movie to make a bunch of money before the world shut down.
1: I think I think it made something like 600 million worldwide.
2: Yeah.
3: It, oh yeah. Because it was the last, it was the last thing available and then suddenly everything dips off. So now Sonic is now the box office king.
1: <laughs> I, and Sonic is not that bad of a movie. It's really not.
3: It, that's, that's not, that's not why I'm laughing. Cause like, whatever the, the movie, the movie's going to be what it's going to be. It's just like, it's so weird that to think that last year when the pandemic shut everything down, the, the last in known film to make that much money at the box office until things pick up again is Sonic the Hedgehog. I just I just couldn't have made that bet. I, I would have I would have
1: picked literally anything else. Um, well, I will piggyback off of what we were talking about with Suicide Squad. Um, Warner Brothers for 2022 is now exclusively in theaters again for 45 days. And I think they realize that they're losing lots of money by putting it on HBO Max. For which film? For all their films next year. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, I don't
2: understand, like, all of the companies, HBO Max, Disney+, Plus, whatever, they could do, like, I don't know, week, two-week run exclusively in the theaters and then put it out on their streaming services shortly after. But, you know, included in the streaming service, not premium... We have to buy
1: it for thirty dollars. Bullshit. Well, no, I mean HBO Max did that to get subscribers. Disney Max doesn't need subscribe. I mean Disney Plus doesn't need to scri- subscribers because they already have over a hundred million. So HBO Max did it so they get people to subscribe, and they're thinking that because of the pandemic, a lot of people would subscribe. But I was reading quarterly stuff from um, subscription based uh, providers, and they're losing a lot of customers because. I, I was talking to actually my older brother who is he likes movies, but he doesn't watch them like I do. And he asked me why Netflix movies aren't as good as theater movies. And I told him there's no oversight. You know, it's just like uh, I don't know if you've seen The Old Guard with Charlize Theron. It's a fine movie, but it's pacing is off because they're not told they need to cut back. And I, I mean, I even feel the same way about Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's way too long and there's too many slow-mo shots. They, someone needs to rein them in Or it's, it's going to be like that I mean Army of the Dead is the same way So They're losing money And they realize that if they go into theaters They're going to make You know seven eight hundred million dollars in, in big movies Even Fast and Furious 9 Is at like Seven hundred and fifty million dollars And that's with You know fifteen percent of movie theaters Not even open in the world So there's money to be made there. But like I said, I think people got too comfortable with those being on HBO max and it takes away from the repeat business. Uh, I I think the real test is going to be in three weeks when Shang-Chi opens. Yeah.
2: I do not have high expectations for that just because I know it's a Marvel movie, Disney movie. So I think they, you know, there's already a big built-in fan base right there, but I think the marketing hasn't been as good for it as, like, the previous movies. There's not a lot of hype around it, the way there was around, like, Black Widow. And I think between Mortal Kombat and Snake Eyes coming out, I think people might be tired of the whole, like, you know, Asian guy training to be, like, Kung Fu master or whatever nonsense but yeah, it just feels a little It it feels a little too similar. You know what I mean?
3: Mm. I mean, I I I will say that I haven't seen a trailer for
1: Shang-Chi at all. Uh um, Shang chi I learned that when I watched a preview and they had the actor on it. So that's okay. what Brad and I learned when we went and saw the Suicide Squad.
0: Okay. It, it's true, I was there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god,
3: thank
1: you for confirming it I was getting worried And I actually got my new Entertainment Weekly And uh, what's the actor's name?
2: Li the I'm yeah. sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it I just know how to spell it
1: I think you're right But anyways, he's in it And he talks about how everyone pronounces it Shang-Chi And that's not the correct way um, It's Shang-Chi mm-hmm. And it's just it as. I mean, I had never knew I, I've been calling it Shang-Chi my whole life But huh. now I know it's pretty cool. You get, learn something yeah. new every day, right? Every day, you never know. Yeah.
3: I mean, but as far as Corinne's question, like, I'll tell you what, Corinne. Like, I mean, I, I would think that because the Marvel pays is so built in that people are going to tune in on curiosity alone the real question is how many of them are going to just try it out at home rather than the
1: theater it's not going to be available it's only in theaters
3: oh so disney decided to not do the dumb thing they've been doing for over a year then
1: Uh, the jungle cruise is the last one right now that's on premium access okay so every disney movie going forward this year is going to be only in theaters all right yeah okay i think we're talking about that's
2: gonna hurt them
1: Mm-hmm. i i don't if
2: you I, like i said the, the marketing for it it really doesn't feel like a disney marvel movie when you watch the trailer you know it's i think it's partly because it's so much adrift from like the main you know oh the infinity stones or the avengers or whatever it's just like off in the corner doing its own thing in this universe and that's fine but i just don't think that people are really going to be interested in that At least with the Eternals, you get this kind of vibe that it's part of a grander scheme and there are these immortal beings and all that. But with Shang-Chi or Chang chi it's like, I don't know if people are really interested. I'm just saying whenever it comes out, don't be surprised when we see all these headlines of like Shang-Chi bombs at the box office. It won't
1: bomb. (laughs) I guarantee you that movie will not bomb.
3: So so we Uh, have audio record of Corinne making this call, so we'll have to check back when Shang-Chi
1: opens. Yeah, I mean it's
2: maybe it won't bomb, but like it might not do as well as they want it to. Well, I you know as a Marvel movie would do.
1: You but you got to give them a little leeway too, Corinne. If the Affinity saga is over, and so you're not going to have Cap, you're not going to have Iron Man, you're not going to have Thor, you're not going to have all these players that people are used to. Yeah, because they moved
2: them all over onto TV.
1: Well, no, but you got to. You got to build up new people, anyways, because um, that's just how it's going to play out. You don't have the two biggest anchors are, you know, Iron Man and Captain America. But I would also argue that Ant Man shouldn't have worked, and it still made you know almost two hundred million dollars. So,
3: wait, Ryan, why why <laughs> won't Ryan, why won't Iron Man come back? What happened to him?
1: Uh, he's inevitable. So
3: no, 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 don't tell me Tony Stark
1: died. No, 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 he never dies. He he <laughs> always lives on through, through through our hearts.
2: Iron Man does yeah. not die.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you still got people that can be Iron Man. He'll be all right. And we still true. got Thor coming. So <laughs>
3: yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder, which Taika Waititi has been saying in interviews that he had a blast making. So and Spider Man. Which is oh
1: that is a piece of news. We're not getting a trailer for that. <laughs> is uh, I, I, it cool? I'm sure they're gonna put one before Shang Chi. oh god, I guarantee. don't want them to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I want them just to tease it a little bit, you know, because uh... it's already the most anticipated movie of the year. So it's it, it's brand awareness. You really don't need to show a trailer. And I, I ma- Brad and I have made this argument that you should go to a theater and it should just say, you know, star Wars, um, you know, episode Mm -hmm. nine and people will fucking show up. That's all you need.
3: Um, I I don't remember how long ago it was, but I did, I did actively say out loud for rise of Skywalker. I just wanted a stormtrooper walking out in the middle of the screen and saying, fuck it, you know, you're coming anyway. And then Mm -hmm. star Wars episode nine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It'll be all right. And they're giving a lot of uh, different filmmakers an opportunity to make films. Which is um, Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Hey, movies are coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases to Blu-ray.
3: And how? Um, I'll start it off with uh, some comic book related stuff. We're getting Batman the Long Halloween Part 2 coming to Blu-ray. If you want to follow that up.
1: (laughs) What? I'll talk about it later. I watched it.
3: Oh, so it already came for you. Right on.
1: Nice wonderful
3: um 1998's afterlife has got a criterion release so if you want to pick that up you can paramount classics is putting out nashville from 1975 and i i actually like this cover for nashville it's a really nice cover um we've got a 2005 film called havoc coming out from shout select this features anne hathaway um and uh freddie rodriguez that's a name i've not seen in a long time a long time um we've got Evil in the Deep. And it's, uh, Ryan, this is guaranteed to rip. Evil your, in the Deep. <laughs> it, it will rip your nerves to shreds. Oh, now shit. But now it's coming under the title The Treasure of jo- Jamaica Reef. So there's like three different declarative titles here. So I don't know what this thing is called, but you can check it out if you'd like. Um, got a bunch of fun stuff coming out from Kino Lorber. We've got Desire. From 1936, with Marlene Dietrich and Gary Cooper. Uh, we've got Alan Ladd and Geraldine Fitzgerald in OSS from 1946. What
1: was Gary Cooper's nickname? <laughs> yep. See, for people that don't know uh, Golden Hollywood, Gary Cooper had an enormous penis. So he was known as the Montana Mule. Yep. <laughs> hey, Gary, your dick big? Yep.
3: Do you use it a lot? Yep. <laughs> How's everybody like my Gary Cooper talking about his dick bit?
1: <laughs> How many people are glad that I have that horrible piece of trivia? I
3: just like that you reminded me of it because I just realized that he and Milton Burl could have done a porn together. <laughs>
1: God, I hope not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you believe the rumors about Milton Burl, rather packed um anyway james franco's no jesus franco sorry jesus franco's angel of death from 1987 is coming out from a company that i'm oh it's from full moon okay i just nope, don't see full moon titles that often here i guess um and then we've got a sydney Potier film called lilies of the field from 1963 that you can check out here on blu-ray if you so choose Got another Gary Cooper film, Peter Ibbotson from 1935, featuring Ida Lupino, who would go on to be a wonderful director in her own right. We're getting a re-release of The Haunting from 1999, uh, so I guess if you want to buy trash, you're more than welcome to buy trash. That is your call. Um, and then Ryan, and this, is, this seems pointless to bring this up, but I'll do it anyway. Friday the 13th, 8 movie collection, Blu-ray and digital release is coming out. Um, uh, in a re-release in a blood red package uh, with new artwork but it would seem as if that's kind of irrelevant since Scream Factory um, gave us exactly what we wanted and
1: well, from what my I mean, guess it has something to do with the licensing because those are the, I think they come with the Scream Factory discs and the bonus features they're also releasing <laughs> a steelbook version coming up
3: in October really? Yeah, you're not going to get it are you? no, no. Good. <laughs> I was going to say we got our wish <laughs>
1: we don't yeah no i'm good
3: there's a rumor by the way that that lawsuit's been settled did you hear anything about that
1: yeah from Corey feldman i don't believe him
3: oh yeah that's right all right fair enough but anyway uh something called american Trader, uh the trial of axis sally uh featuring meadow williams and al pacino uh is coming to you on blu-ray if you so choose to get that and
1: seems like that's about it guys We watch things throughout the week in a segment I like to call Deliciously Waiting to Hear What You Have to... I don't know. um, What we've been watching.
3: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
1: Corinne, what'd you watch this week?
2: Oh, quite a bit. I went to the theater three times this weekend. Uh, One of them was for The Suicide Squad. So the other two times I went to see The Green Knight and Jungle Cruise, and The Green Knight, um, I had pretty high expectations going in, just because I liked Dev Patel, I liked the story of the uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I read the poem in college for an English class, so I was like, you know, going in like I'm really excited to see, you know, this epic poem come to life, and it was not what i was expecting it was like a fever dream <laughs> oh my gosh some of the weird shit in that movie i don't even want to go into anything cuz it's just so spoilery but yeah y'all gotta see it i think cuz i think we need to talk about this movie
1: hey brad what's what's the green knight about
0: uh yeah i saw it this week too and okay. it uh it is a confusing movie. It's it's gorgeous to look at, but mm-hmm. most of the time, just like, what is going on? And is this just a story about a guy who's like a weak dude who Kelly like, has no courage? Like, that's it. And I guess he finds courage at the end. I don't know. It, it's just like half the time. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, a fever dream is probably a good description of it.
2: It's so frustrating because... The Sir Gawain, or, well, I guess he's not knighted in the film, but um, Gawain in the movie is, like, the complete opposite of Gawain in the poem. And it's just, like, so frustrating to see, like, these crucial moments in the poem when they're adapted and he, like, completely just veers off course and you're like, what the fuck, man? No, you're supposed to do the Yeah,
0: I read an interview with the director who said he took a lot of liberties with it. Uh, One of them is that scene where he stumbles into the empty cabin and finds the ghost. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Apparently that's not from the poem. He just made that up for the to make the movie interesting, which just made it more confusing.
2: Yeah, I was reading somewhere that they took elements of other Sergallian lore, like the fox that kept popping up, I guess there are different stories or poems where like a fox is associated with him or something I don't know whether that's true but like the opening not the opening scene but definitely like that introductory part where you see the Christmas feast and the uh green knight shows up and they have that exchange that was all really well done and honestly like the green knight himself was maybe the best part of the movie for me just because you couldn't tell him—is it like prosthetics? Is it a puppet? What, you know what is it? It looks so expressive, and it like moves with these like just intricate little movements. And that scene at the end where you're like, did he move his eyes? Is, it, is are his eyes open or closed? And you can't really tell. And it's just like super freaky. He was he was really cool, and I forget the guy who voiced him, but he did an excellent job as well. So
0: there's a part of when he finds him at the end of his journey, and he's sitting there, uh, you know, in, on his throne, and yeah. it h- hangs on his face for a while. And apparently, every character that you've seen throughout the movie appears in that shot. Um, but I, I only, hmm. I sat there going, like, is that who? It looks like the Green Knight, but also looks like Dev Patel, and then the Green Knight again. But apparently, everyone is mixed into that transition. So,
2: hmm. interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a gorgeous movie. Like, it's it's definitely super stylish and dreamy. But story wise, if you're looking for like a straight narrative, you know, check out the Jungle Cruise.
2: Yes, the Jungle Cruise was um, just more to my just basic taste. It's just like it's pretty much everything you expect it to be, and just kind of like oh, it's a Pirates of the Caribbean meets Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. And just action, adventure, fun, nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary. Although the, there was like a twist about two thirds of the way through, and I was like, I was not expecting that, and it kind of like colored everything else differently in the film. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like that. I, say I, I thought
1: I think that movie's really fun. It's some of the most fun of I had. Of course, it. you <laughs> would. Well, even without the part, I mean, all the actors are really great in it. I mean, not just. Emily Blunt in The Rock, but I mean, even Paul Giamatti, who's not in it that long, he's still pretty fun in it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. How
1: about Jesse Plemons? Is he fun in it, too? Oh, yeah, he's great.
2: He's Woo! having a blast. You can I tell know. he's just loving chewing the scenery.
3: I love Jesse Plemons doing anything.
2: Yeah, well, he's, you uh, should see Jungle Cruise.
1: he's a proto-Nazi in it, so.
3: <laughs> oh! <laughs> even more fun.
2: <laughs> he's a German prince during World War I. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Proto Nazi. That is his super villain name. <laughs> it's just like Marvel
3: and DC going like, uh, we we, we can't come up with anything this week. Uh, Proto Nazi. There we
1: yeah, go. No, I mean, but I mean there's something to be said about the chemistry that the Rock and Emily Blunt have. They're really great in it. And I you can tell think that They
2: had that much chemistry, Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't I wasn't feeling it. Okay. I mean, they're just two attractive, talented people. I'm not saying they aren't, but I didn't feel any particular chemistry between them.
1: All right. Well, I mean, there's always one person that says that. <laughs> let me. Let me. Uh, yeah, that's fine. you have your opinion.
0: I, I got a bit too. Like I, I, never buy into that. You know, they hate each other, then they like each other. Dynamic. Like it just. Oh, I never
2: thought she hated him.
0: Well, frustrated, just you know, put off by him like
2: this the banter.
0: So like even Han Solo and Princess Leia, like I never really got him behind. Like it just, it's nothing I've ever seen in real life happen. So it's just pure fantasy, you know, wishful thinking. So, but you know, I go with it because it's fun.
3: I'm, I, I'm curious. I'm still, I still need to see the film. But if memory serves, it's, it's abrupt at first to watch the chemistry between Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn and the African Queen until you realize it works. So. I'd be curious to see if the Emily Blunt, Dwayne Johnson chemistry works the same way for me. Yeah. I'll report back next week.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just going through my uh, Raw and Tomatoes thing, and they always mention the great chemistry between the two. Just saying.
2: <laughs> mm, I didn't feel it.
1: That's fine. You don't have to.
2: I think the whole, like, him calling her pants the whole time was really annoying, because, like, every single sentence was like, how are you, pants? Are you feeling okay, pants? How are you doing back there, pants? It's like, please shut up, please <laughs> It's like, we're back to the stupid, awful truth thing again.
3: Well, uh, <sighs> but what, did you just call the awful truth stupid,
2: Corinne? Well, the parts of it I've seen where the whole dialogue is them just calling each other by their names.
1: Ryan, Ryan, I feel hurt. No, I, sometimes I can't with Corinne. She's just always negative. Anyways, Corinne, You're what else you watched? Always this week?
2: negative? Yeah, you are.
1: What else you watch this week?
2: <laughs> okay, two things I actually liked, Ryan.
1: Oh wow, it's probably fucking anime.
2: <laughs> no, it's not actually. Although, not for lack of trying, I did try to find some other anime and it didn't work out. Anyway,
1: watch Ninja I, Scroll.
2: No, <laughs> I watched. Um masters of the universe revelation on netflix neat yeah i have never seen any he-man or masters of the universe other tv shows or anything but this was pretty fun uh it's a quick very quick introduction to the world they don't really introduce you to the characters too much i mean the heroes more so than the villains you get the idea but you know they just kind of throw you into this world and then they kind of like pull the rug out from under you of like, all right, you think that this is what's going to (laughs) happen? Nope. (laughs) And so uh, then they have to try to right the wrongs that happened in the, in the first episode. And initially I thought it was going to be more of this kind of like adventure of the week sort of thing of like, they're going to go around and they're going to help these people with whatever woes they have because of the world they live in. And no, it actually like leads to this larger thing where they're trying to, set the world back on its course and, like, you know, balance the universe out. I don't want to spoil too much for you, but I'm sure you guys have seen it anyway. Well, for the listeners at home, maybe they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, just
1: don't follow Corinne on Twitter.
2: I didn't tweet anything (laughs) out about it, Ryan.
1: I know, not about this. I'm just saying about things in general. Corinne, if you do, I'll tell Kevin Smith on you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I... I could tell that like Kevin's I think he was like he's definitely like an executive producer and I think he wrote at least a couple of the episodes.
1: He's he's the creative spearhead of the whole thing.
3: So sure. which is which is
2: really tell... funny.
1: If you watch an episode of Comic Book Men and some guy brings in He-Man figures, he talks about how stupid they are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I don't know a ton about Kevin Smith, but I get the vibe that he and at least at least him but probably the other creatives behind it Um, You know, they grew up watching He-Man, and they really know this universe, and I think that this is just an opportunity for them to kind of explore other characters and other parts of this universe beyond just Prince Adam and He-Man, and that's why Teela um, is much more the focus of this particular show. And it does end on quite a cliffhanger, so I really encourage everybody to go check out Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix animation's gorgeous the voice acting is great uh kevin conroy aka batman does make a little cameo in there um susan eisenberg who plays wonder woman is in a couple of episodes and they just have a lot of talented people all over the place so it's just it's different and i appreciated that anybody else see masters of the universe revelation recently? not yet
3: not yet i've heard I've heard uh people getting their uh their get, getting sad or mad or whatever at what the show has done with the he man lore and I kind of just it makes me wanna watch it to see like what in the world could be possibly <laughs> pissing them off but um but no, I'm not even a he man I'm not he man adjacent, so I don't even know if I'd understand anything going in so.
2: Yeah, and of course, Mark Hamill plays Skeletor. I forgot to mention that. He does an excellent job.
3: That's kind of the reason I want to watch the show after hearing that he was the voice. So <laughs> that was that was my initial run-in was going like, I got to know what that sounds like.
2: He's not in it too much, but he does get a lot of good material to work with. I'll just leave it there. Very nice. So y'all go check it out because I want to talk about it more. And then uh, last thing I watched that I'll talk about, um, and Brad, I'm assuming you have been on it too, is Ted Lasso. Um, I think Brad talked about, you know, the series premiere came out a couple weeks ago, and we've had two episodes since then. They've all been great. Um, they're supposed to do a holiday hey, special. Hey, right, Corinne
1: likes something.
2: I said I liked Masters of the Universe. Uh, Anyway, Ted Lasso is amazing. Um, I think some people on YouTube, I was reading comments and they were were accusing the show of like just being too safe at this point of like, oh, there's not really a lot of conflict going on. And I think that uh, the third episode built up a lot of things that (laughs) I'm like, well, it depends on how you want to approach this. Um, I guess mild spoilers for episode three but the one of the players calls out the team's main sponsor on their unethical um behavior uh in on a political scale and i'm like this could go so many ways i'm like if this were a more dramatic show there would be people getting you know shanked there'd be people getting um maybe not deported but you know sent back to their home country because their visa expired because you know, they said that their government was um, corrupt. <laughs> but because this is Ted Lasso, I'm not sure that that's actually going to happen. Like, there will probably be some consequences, but maybe not as many as there would be in a more dramatic show. But I still think that we're going to get a lot of good tension, good character development. Uh, just, you know, one of the characters who's been a just major prick for most of the show, he's starting on a better path. And... I I just love it. Ted Lasso is amazing. Everybody should watch it on Apple Plus or whatever it is. Apple TV. Brad, have you been watching it too?
0: I have. I'm all caught up.
2: Oh, what do you think?
0: Uh it's it's a it feels like it's a bit of a slower go than the previous season. Um it, it feels like the episodes are shorter, even though they're the same length. But uh yeah, I feel like they're they're finally getting into the main dilemma of um, the season, you know, um, before I talked about Ted Lasso having a foil of the uh, team psychologist, you know, someone who's mm-hmm. competing for like the same goal um, and he's sort of unaware of it. And now that they've gone into, Hey, you know, that the team could, you know, get driven out of the league by just going bankrupt uh, is a pretty, just uh, like dire new developments so but it's, it's cool they're taking on like a real life circumstance you know with mm-hmm. player protests so should be interesting to see how it pans out
2: yeah and I felt like the sports psychologist would have had a bigger role in the episodes up to this point I'm sure like they'll you know expand on it more in the future but I know like there's going to be some kind of sh- not showdown, but some kind of come to Jesus moment between her and Ted, where Ted's actually going to go in for a session just because like his whole thing about like, you know, therapy and and everything and his history with that. And then you also have, you know, just like a whole bunch of other stuff going on. I I just don't get the complaints about everybody's like, Oh, nothing is happening on this show. And I wonder your whole comment about, it seems like there's less in each episode Did you binge watch the first season? Because I know I did.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah.
2: So maybe that's why is like now we're watching it week to week. So it's like, oh, there's less per episode. We're just kind of surviving off of breadcrumbs rather than having this ginormous feast like we did with season one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I, uh, like I've only watched that first season one time through. So I can't really compare it too much. But yeah, it just feels like there's something missing so far that it just, this this new season just doesn't feel as dense as the last one. But again, that could just be a random perspective thing. Cause I also too, um, you know, Jamie tarts turnaround seems really rushed too. like, given how much he screwed over his teammates and how mean to him, mean to him. He was for years. It just seems like he's gotten back in, you know, uh, he's winning them over quite quickly. So,
2: I mean, we only had that one moment where he just said, like, give me the tape, and we haven't really had a ton of other time with that since. So it could be that, you know, in the coming episodes, like, there's still some tension between him and the players. Like, not all is forgiven yet. And so by the end of the season, you know, maybe he is, like, you know, becoming a leader on the team and all this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think at some point, Jamie will backslide to give some more drama to that storyline, but uh overall it just it I was just surprised like by the second episode, Ted Lasso like Ted didn't make him work that hard to get back on the team, you know.
2: Well, I mean, that was kind of the whole reason that he brought him back on was because they needed another, you know, they needed some firepower to really put them over the edge so they could try to, you know, break the tie streak. And they felt like Jamie would be a good weapon for that.
0: Yeah, but like, it, you know, all it did was, yeah, give them. Well, <laughs> they didn't break the streak, they lost. So, <laughs> he didn't Well, they really did help break him. the
2: streak, they did break <laughs> the streak. They just not, not with a win.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, he hasn't really contributed that much. So, yeah,
2: well, we'll see. I, I've heard that the holiday Christmas special or whatever they've got coming up this Friday is supposed to be really good. Yay. So that's what I've been watching. Brad, what about you? Anything else you've seen lately?
0: Uh, so much. Um, I guess speaking of sports, I just rewatched Moneyball since for the first time since I saw it in theaters. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, I just it's weird how recently in history that occurred and then. That they made it a move like it's not like the Oakland A's, you know, went on to like five World Series or competed on a level of the Yankees. It's just like for a year they tried something different and it sort of worked out. And then a bunch of other teams stole that plan, and I haven't really seen a ton of results from it. I guess, I, like I don't follow baseball as much as I used to, but maybe Ryan can attest to. Like, is you know, yeah, we, he's, we have the he's Rockies in- as our team, and it doesn't seem like. <laughs> like it seems like we're to a farm system for larger teams
1: he's using um what they call analytics which is huge in sports now instead of just looking at um you know a superstar you know for like Derek jeter yeah he's a great player but what player can you get that is comparable to Derek jeter maybe he's not Derek jeter but analytically he's not that different meaning he can produce similar numbers for a cheaper amount because the Oakland A's don't have as much money. So he's really um, pushed this analytics, which is in every sport now. Um,
0: That's crazy that they weren't doing that before. Like it yeah. seems like a no brainer to me.
1: It does. It's interesting. <laughs> it's Cause uh, so, so now they, but also it can be detrimental because they have people that don't even um, pay attention to sports. They get, uh, people that are nun- number crunchers And look at it analytically Instead of performance wise And sometimes that can be uh, Can backfire as well
0: Well yeah because he got an offer to Be the GM for the Red Sox at the end of the movie And he declined it And then the Red Sox went on and you know broke The the, the Bambino's curse Using the analytics method And then this always confused me about the end of the movie Like when he's driving away And he's listening to his daughter's song um, Like the end it's the daughter's singing uh like her cover of i don't know what the song title is but it was some popular song from that time um but she like changes the words at the end that says like dad you're a loser you're a loser and given that he you know stayed with the a's and didn't take that job and throughout his whole life he declined to he often declined to make the next jump in his career so like having his daughter who seems to generally enjoy him call him a loser, even playfully? Just it seemed like a way, weird way to end the movie to me. So that's just me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh I mean it's a really fun movie, but Billy Bean has a lot of uh <laughs> things they didn't really touch on in the movie.
0: Yeah, some stuff I didn't notice the first time around is like uh how meany is like how I guess not mean, but just like uh, careless he is about the his players, actually, like his whole organization. Really, like he's yeah, just emotionally unavailable.
1: That's what analytics do. You don't care about the player; you care about the numbers.
0: Well, even before that, he's just like you know, lying to his players about. He's just really callous. You know, he's like lying about the reasons they're traded. You know, or just like yeah. You know, I don't like to hang out with the team because you know I have to, you know, just decide the fate of their careers. Um, then he eventually starts hanging with them because their manager just won't adopt the strategy at all. So he eventually has to become the coach uh, himself. So he does start working with the players. But when it, after he starts you know, being buddies with them, he's still like there's that one player who's down on his luck and he trades him. He says, like, I'm trading you because I can only have a certain number of people in the club because it's the trade deadline. And then he walks away and then he looks and he sees the new pitcher they just brought in. So it's like, yeah, you can have more people. So it's just like, yeah, kind yeah. of two faced of him. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's still pretty good. Uh, and then talked about Duncan Cruz and Green, yeah, Duncan Cruz I thought was fun too. Um, it's it's literally the Pirates of Car- Caribbean plus the Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade plot. And then, even though I haven't actually seen the movie, Ro- Romancing the Stone, I'd, I'd throw in the mix too. Yeah. So but yeah, it's just a fun escapist, you know. And the the that yeah, that one twist is pretty cool. Uh did not expect that. Um and then what else? Yeah, I watched one through five of the Fast and the Furious movies, which I've never seen before.
2: <laughs> yes. and,
0: yeah, I won't go into each one of them individually, but the first one, yeah, it seems like a remake of the original, I guess. Um, I've never seen the original, but it's the first one seems enough, like an early 2000 remake of a classic movie. Um, and then fast five. Yeah. It really does turn a corner and get better. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. And then like the first three movies, I guess have like, whenever they're driving really fast, they have weird CGI zoom ins. Uh, where like the background just kind of it just feels like it turns into like a 3D model of everything, and uh they're on a green screen in, in like a you know a, a, a like half of a car. Just, when they hit the NAS, I guess is like it's just a weird cheesy early 2000s effect. I'm just like I'm glad they jettisoned. I think by the yeah. fourth one, so
1: uh, the fourth one I think is pretty bad though. Uh. I, was, I wasn't a fan of it.
0: Yeah, like, I forget what it was, but there was some t- pretty cheesy, like, ridiculous thing. I think it had something is, to do with, like, the semi-chase or something.
2: Is four the one that's in Brazil, or is that five?
0: Five. No. I think it's four, yeah. I can't remember. They just they blur together so much. I know the third one's in Tokyo. Um, and then, oh, I was going to say... Oh, yeah, like, the first one, it's amazing that, like, the big action set piece is the semi-chase, and the like there's a dude hanging off the side of it, the side of the truck, you know? Like, that's uh the most danger of, like, anyone interacting with the truck. Yeah. Know, little, the pretty guy.
3: low stakes, but...
0: Yeah, low stakes. But... And, and then, yeah, Fast Five, like, that same dude comes back and is, like, he's in the beginning of the movie and then he double-crosses him and then he comes back at the end and dies. <laughs> like, it's almost like... By the climax of the movie, they thought, oh, yeah, we forgot about this guy. He was a part of the story in the beginning. Let's bring him back, kill him in a scene, and then like redeem him really quick and then get on with the rest of the movie. (laughs) Like, what's his name? Travis or something?
3: I I don't know. They all blend together at this point.
0: (laughs) Oh, and then the, uh, you know, we we made fun of like, oh, Dom's got this brother that we'd never heard before. And I will say that most, if you go back to the first movie, most of the stuff that they, Bring up actually checks out, um, except for one scene where Mia's talking to uh, Vin Diesel and she says something like, "I'm so glad you're my uh, only brother" or something. I'm like, "Up, oh, that ruins it."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he, he's not family anymore, dude. He killed their dad. You don't turn your back on family, except remember when Dom did, and then at the end of the last one, he's like, "Wait a minute, maybe I made a mistake."
3: Wait, wait, Ryan, to be fair, Charlie's there and kidnapped him in his her heli helipad or whatever and held his wife hostage or something. I what, what happened in Furious 8 again? I can't remember. I don't.
0: Know. Am I the asshole for alienating my family? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but the whole like beating the guy with the wrench actually is seated in that first movie, so um yeah, and they they make it very clear he just you know got a, like a year or two that assault. So, so I guess the guy didn't die. <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah, he, he's fine. He wasn't he's murder. just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: I mean, I never thought Dom actually killed him. I thought he just like hurt him really badly. I don't yeah, know. It, like
0: it's just an assault. It, like he just beat him yeah, with a wrench. That's about it. But,
1: but you know when you see it, yeah, in I the just movie, make a Joker reference. It's portrayed like him just creaming this dude with the wrench over and over again. I mean, I guess they don't show where he's hitting him. I guess he could be hitting him in the shoulder.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, most of the people that exist in this universe can take a lot of hits. You know, they can fall out True. of the sky onto cars and be fine as long as they don't hit the road. So, Yeah, I mean, Ryan, truly... do you
2: think a guy's going to get killed from getting his head bashed in with a giant wrench? I mean, yeah, they fall off of like 20-story buildings and they're completely <laughs> unharmed.
0: You know, I didn't well be think about wrench. it
1: that way, you're right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, really low stakes. He was like, "I can beat this guy twenty times with this wrench. He'll be fine."
2: I mean, but if anything, know. that should be like a misdemeanor, not even like a felony. <laughs> just get some community service hours. I mean, you might as well just hit him with like a a fly swatter.
3: You know what I want now? A prequel film where Dom goes through his entire trial, and they and they get it like knocked down, or and then the DA gets it back, bumped back up, or whatever the fuck, because. Regular law doesn't work in these movies anyway, because if it did, then there would be flawless logic throughout each and every entry.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I did Ted Lasso, and then i I think I f- saw the lap- last episode of the season for Physical. Um, it just ended so weird. I was like, "There's got to be another episode after they. They can't go away for a year after this, um, because." Her husband loses the election, which you could see coming a mile away and her uh, aerobics thing takes off. Um, But like the last scene is her going back to the mall. And then there's like this rival guy who owns the mall. Who's like, he's a big uh, like pillar of the Christian community. Um, He's wandering around because like his life is falling apart and they like lock eyes from across the way in the mall. And then they just start jerking off to each other. I was just like what is
2: wait like this? literally or figuratively uh literally oh
0: <laughs> yeah like he's like on the bottom level she's on the second floor you know she's looking down the atrium they just lock eyes and uh, they're exchanging some kind of like yeah we're both at, like in the middle of something and then he like takes off his shirt and unbuttons his pants and yeah they, they just go at it from afar i was like again it's like you know, they the show prior to that just like shows them hating each other constantly, and then like I don't know, it seems like they're attracted to each other all of a sudden, and just like like you were talking about before, I was like, I don't buy it. So, um, so yeah, but it it's the rest of the show uh, is great, and it it fills that glow shaped uh, hole you know in my entertainment that's missing. It Has that '80s aesthetic, so. Um yeah. I feel like I watched something else, but I can't remember it. So time to move on.
2: Did you also watch He Man?
0: Not on Netflix anymore. I will when Cobra Kai comes back.
2: Well, make sure you watch some Masters of the Universe Revelation when you do.
0: I intend to. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Um uh, watched a couple
3: things. Um I rewatched um uh, Mary can you hear me okay? His yeah.
0: dogs are talking, that's why. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs>
3: um I rewatched uh two movies for Ballyhoo, Mary Poppins and The Bride of Frankenstein, so it was an Elsa Lanchester double bill in my life and uh both movies rock. Not much to add to that there. Also rewatched The Body Snatcher with Boris Karloff, that movie's still perfect. Um <clears throat> I went down a uh a hammer um uh, rabbit hole and um, watched a very early Hammer Studios horror movie called Death in High Heels uh, from 1947. It's a it's a mystery film set in a dress shop that uh, is only 46 minutes, but it packs so much into it in a way that makes cohesive sense that I was floored by the quality. Um, it's a pretty good whodunit about trying to figure out who poisoned um, and killed this woman who works in this dress shop with this crystalline poison kind of thing. And uh, there's a bunch of people who are suspects within the store itself. And they all have their own kind of like eclectic, quirky personality traits. There's one guy in particular who his name is Cecil and he is uh, a nervous wreck who is constantly trying to kill himself. And then at one point when they're, when the detectives are asking him where his, his portion of the crystals are, that were used to kill. He he says, I put it, I put it, and they ask him what? And he says, I put it down the hoo-ha, which is his emphasis for toilet because that's the way they were getting around mentioning a toilet back in the 1940s. But this film also features su- calling somebody actively a slut and giving somebody the middle finger. So it is easily the one movie from the early cinematic period that I was not prepared for because I was not prepared to see somebody giving somebody the middle finger or using the word slut in a movie uh, at this time. So it was very, very intriguing uh, and the movie's great. It, it's fantastic. Um, I do recommend it. Um, I watched a movie called ministry of fear for the first time. It's a Fritz Lang movie with Ray Milland, uh, And I really liked it. Um, it's a nice little pot boiler like that has a lot of unique German expressionist flourishes that only Lang can provide Um, And it's got a nice World War II espionage kind of plot going through it. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because this is a movie that I actually think Rhino-like. So I do highly recommend that uh, people seek it out. Uh, And I watched a Marvel show for the first time all the way through. I watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, That was really good. Uh, I was not prepared for everybody's seen it everybody in here has seen it at this point right i'm just assuming yes yeah yes uh the isaiah storyline with um falcon i was not prepared for how hard-hitting marvel was willing to go with that and i don't know it, it 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 was it was just something that i wasn't expecting out of out of them and i'm glad that it came in the form of this series because it allowed Anthony Mackie as Falcon to kind of build up some time to that revelation before he makes the final call to put on the suit and embrace the shield. And I just love the ramifications that were coming through that. But Ryan and I, I was texting Ryan back and forth as I was finishing it up and Ryan, I'm going to assume that pretty much every moment that made you cry probably made me cry because there's a lot of emotional resonance just beating through that movie or that, that show feels like a long movie at some points um but um when uh when he takes isaiah to the museum that was just gut wrenching like that was just all the feels just came through my body there um and i th- don't think i've ever seen something as haunting in a mcu property as bucky walking inside his neighbor's house to tell him off screen albeit about the fact that he killed his son and I so there was just a lot of wonderful stuff being packed into here. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, now you've got all four four nerds attesting to it. It's pretty fantastic. I think I'm going to do WandaVision next.
1: Um, yeah, I, asked... I, I uh, cried when, <laughs> or a tear rolled down my cheek when uh, Sam throws in the Captain America shield and it plays the Captain America theme mm-hmm. uh, to signal that he is Captain America now. Yeah. I thought it was great.
3: Yeah, and I will, uh, I will also point to like I did not, I don't, I don't think I was fully prepared for how they were going to handle Baron Zemo because, it I don't I, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not in Civil War that much. Like he's not like he doesn't get a, a ton of choice moments beyond the third act of that movie.
1: Correct? Like, well, well, I mean, he's the reason they fight, but yeah.
3: He is, but he, but he, he gets much more to chew on here. He gets so yeah. much more to chew on. We get more insight about him. Um, the when Bucky uh, hands him over to uh, uh, to the Wakandans, that scene, that face off, is some of the best tension I've seen in anything this year. Um, so yeah, it's all wonderful. It's remarkable. My only complaint, really is um and i'm sure she's going to mean much more going on down the line but um julia louis Dreyfus's character who is the um i don't i don't know her name but it's she's not the power broker is she that's, the
2: baroness yeah. or am i thinking of something else
1: no she's uh valentina
2: um, valentina i i'm
3: curious what the heck they're going for with that because i was kind of confused why she just pops up all of a sudden to is it just to give john walker something to do
1: no i my guess because she also shows up in black widow is she is making a dark avengers team or the thunderbolts or something okay Um, as a guess i have no idea
3: that's fair by the way also wyatt russell kills it in this show um I love that he plays a guy who thinks yeah, he, he knows does
2: it. kill it in the show.
3: He's fantastic. If that's what you mean, Corinne, because he's playing nope. a guy who thinks he know who thinks that he, they know what it takes to be a captain America. And what you realize is that you can't just be captain America because you follow orders exactly, or have patriotism up the wazoo. I love the way he played that. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and he literally kills the guy. That's what she meant. Yes. Yeah, I know I'm aware Again, he's the he's he's portraying those people who think they re- they resemble Captain America in some way when really they don't because they don't understand what Captain America is. Um and I don't know um I don't I didn't know much about US Agent, which is the guy I guess he becomes. Um, but looking into him, it seems pretty interesting. Um it it didn't seem like he was that prevalent a character, so I don't know if they're I don't I don't know where his storyline ends up going. Um but that scene where he that the the way it ends, uh, with episode the the whole episode four the whole world is watching where after he's just brutally killed the guy, um, that was unsettling <laughs> shit. Um, so yeah, if anybody hasn't seen uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> uh, I would check it out.
2: Should have been um, Captain America and the White Wolf. That should have been the last thing we saw. Uh. Because Bucky's no longer yeah, the guess, Winter Soldier. That was like yeah. the whole point of the fucking show. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I get so pissed off anytime I think about this.
3: I like this show, <sighs> so let's not have any anger boiling through. He'll
1: always be the Winter Soldier.
2: Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, Literally, he's, the whole point of his arc was that he was no longer the Winter Soldier. But you he's can't. White re- wolf.
1: Re- he can't be redeemed from the stuff he's done. He can only atone for it.
2: He can be redeemed.
1: Hey
3: guys. he has Aww. to atone.
2: He atoned first. Now he is going to be redeemed. He is nope. redeeming himself. Yes, Ryan. No,
1: nope. mass yes. murderers cannot be redeemed. But it can be
3: atoned, like yes. in the movie Atonement from two thousand and seven, directed by Joe Wright. <laughs> um, and. Uh, the last thing, the last uh, I watched a couple other things. Um I rewatched Footloose from 1984 for the first time in forever, um, and doesn't work as well for me as it used to. Um, but I still enjoy the idea of John Lithgow's fucking insane religious cult dominating this town, and how Kevin Bacon destroys it with the power of <laughs> power of dancing, and also the fact that John Lithgow realizes that all of his religious doctrine nonsense has caused people to start burning books <laughs> like the mo- the movies kind of scattered all over the place but i i still embrace kind of the fun cheesy 80s factor of it all so um definitely worth a worth a watch if you have never seen it some people that i watched it with were not as enthused <laughs> um and um and yeah and then i um i went through the rob zombie trilogy um which is what I I really wanted to talk about because I've seen House of a Thousand and Devil's Rejects many times since they were out in the mid-2000s, um, but I had not seen Three from Hell yet. So before I did that, I rewatched House of a Thousand and Devil's Rejects. The movies are still good. Um, they don't hold the same uh, power and impact for me as they probably did when I was younger. Um, I I was much more... I was much more aware of how much my mindset had changed for what I'm willing to take from horror, but it didn't take away the fact that the movies are well put together and well executed for what they're each trying to do. Um, Which leads me to three from hell. Um, I'm going to be upfront. I actually enjoyed the movie, but I'm aware that the caveat with that is that this movie has been negatively built up for me with everybody under the sun telling me that it's no good, it's no good, it's no good. That by the time I sat down and watched it, my reaction was like, that was fine. What are you guys talking about? Um, it's not perfect. It's not the Firefly movie I wanted after Devil's rejects. I I kind of I figured they should have had, the fireflies going if they escape prison and then they go back to the place where their house burned down and try to build a new house of a thousand corpses or something like that. Like try to like try to like pick back up and turn it into a house of a thousand corpses kind of uh, looking and feeling movie again. Um, But I also feel like, and I don't know, I don't think this excuses any of the uh, down points the movie has, but it's got to suck knowing that the one of the people you wrote, wrote in a humongous part for was on the ropes physically, and so you had to create a new character on the spot to keep this project alive. So I do give Rob Zombie props for rewriting that script as fast as he did to get Richard Brake in there and to also give Sid something to do. His last scene on screen is fu- is very good, I wish there was more of it, Um, but I did like the whole line about like, I'm your bozo Jesus like that. That was a nice thing to see out of Sid before he left, but it was also very hard to watch Sid looking like that because he looked a wreck. Um, You could tell he was right at the end. Um, But I do think that the movie provides some interesting counterpoints to like some of the more negative things that I'd heard from uh, outside sources like, I actually think this is Sherry Moon zombie's best performance in a Rob zombie movie, because she's being asked to play baby a very different way. Um, it does not feel similar to the first two movies for her. Like she's the scenes where she's in prison and dealing with D Wallace are very, very interesting. And I don't think I expected her to take that character that way. Um, and I do like the addition of Richard Brake. again, he's not Sid Haig, but what are you going to do? Um, And the detour to Mexico was a little bit meh for me, but I love the final shot of the film with um, what they do to the gangster in the coffin. I think that is very devious. Um, And in keeping with the tone that zombies set um, with those first two. So I would only watch it if you enjoyed House of a Thousand and Devil's Rejects. If you're trying to walk in blind on this, I don't think it'd be worth your time. Um, But I do think fans of the series will be, More than pleased. Um, But yeah, again, it's not perfect, but I I enjoyed it. It could have been a little bit better, I guess. The scariest scene in it, hands down, though, and uh, Ryan, I don't know how much you remember of it. Do you remember the scene with Clint Howard as a clown?
1: (laughs) Yep. Why does he show up? It's stupid as fuck. That movie's dumb.
3: I don't know why he shows up,
1: but I love that scene. (laughs) No, Uh, (laughs) my biggest thing is Rob Zombie can't get out of his own way when he writes. And when he directs, I think his dialogue is slanted and like, and really stilted and not, he doesn't write enough difference between characters for me. And I think some of his uh, word choices are not good, you know, how people talk. I don't think people actually talk like that. And, and it's, it's, I think it's poorly executed. It's poorly made. I mean, even Clint Howard showing up as a clown. Why did the clown show up to that house? It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I, so I respectfully no disagree with you The movie is fucking garbage mm. But hey, movies are interpretive art So if yeah. you like it, good
3: Yeah Um. On the, within that though, Ryan um, I won't talk a bunch about it because I've already Spoken about it before, but I rewatched the Lords of Salem Which is which still holds up for me I'm curious to see what he's going to do with the monsters Because is that movie going to be PG? <laughs> or is that going to be uh, rated R? <laughs> i don't know i have no idea like i'm like my brain is firing off with 500 synapses because i don't think i'd want to see an r-rated monsters movie but i'd be extremely curious <laughs> um but yeah that's all i watched this
1: week guys uh, i only watched a couple things i've been uh watching the season 10 of the walking dead uh it's pretty good uh i i fell off watching it weekly um i don't know why but started catching up on it uh it's uh, the new villain in it alpha is really uh, pretty great and terrifying um so if you want to check it out um i've been rewatching buffy <laughs> that show's still a lot of fun um even with its late 90s early 2000 charm um where they you can tell that it's stunt doubles fighting all the time and um it's kind of cool know. though cuz you don't see that that much anymore <laughs> yeah it's 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 fun. I mean, the, the thing with Buffy is really the emotional arc throughout of it, throughout the film, uh, the TV series mm-hmm. and the characters, uh, the monsters of the week are fine. But uh, there's always this uh, prevailing um, snappy dialogue, really where Joss Whedon kind of got his start. Um, I know people don't like Joss Whedon right now because he's an asshole, but, um, you know, he still made cool things. Uh and that's been fun. I, I and the only other thing I watched this week is I watched oh I guess I watched Conan the Barbarian. Um <laughs> that movie is you know what an 80s action movie with not very much dialogue should be. You know, it's that really did, did John just, did John Milliers direct it, I can't remember. Yep. Direct no, and right. wrote it with Oliver Stone. Um so <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um <laughs> uh, You know, it's one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's earliest movies Uh, in it. He's just really supposed to look tough and fight people, which he does. And I always laugh at the part. I don't know the last time you guys saw it, but when he's uh, like having sex with, I don't know, she's like a witch or something.
2: Yeah, really, really explain.
1: And he just picks her up and throws her in the fire. I always laugh (laughs) at that part because I think it's funny (laughs) Um, just the way it's shot. But yeah, the movie's still fun. Um, you could never make a movie like that nowadays. I mean, <laughs> it's
3: yeah. Uh, what, is, what is best in life, Ryan to see, to, to, to see your enemies, or to, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you and
1: hear the lamentation of the women. Yep. That's, that's like the big thing from it. I think that's Conan's longest like line in the whole film. And it's still he, great. <laughs> yeah. Cause he doesn't really talk very much in that movie. Yeah. Um, And uh, the only other thing I watched is uh, Batman the Long Halloween Part 2, which is rated R. Uh, I'm guessing it's for violence um, because there's some pretty uh, hardcore fight scenes in it. And I guess people get shot in it, but the fight scenes are a little more uh, visceral. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's pretty uh, loosey-goosey with an adaptation.
0: Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, the, DC I'm, animated would never do that.
1: I know, right? It's still really well done. Um, I mean, they omit the Riddler in it, which is kind of weird. Um, hmm. Yeah, because uh, there's actually a really... I, I forget. Well, I don't know what issue, but it's April Fool's issue where uh, the big thing is... The, the story is this person is killing people on holidays and it takes place over a year and it starts on Halloween. That's why it's called the long Halloween. And so this killer called holiday is killing, uh, members of Gotham's mob, uh, throughout the year. And on April fool's day, he doesn't kill, uh, the Riddler when he can. And so it's kind of like a joke. So it's weird that the Riddler doesn't show up because Batman, I haven't read it in a while, but Batman, uh, also confronts the Riddler. I think later on in the series, um, like in a bar, if I remember right.
2: Does he kill Poison Ivy on the Arbor Day?
1: Uh, no, actually, Poison Ivy shows up on St. Patrick's Day. Um, but she's—I mean, Poison Ivy is pretty great, and I always like my Poison Ivy, where she's kind of uh, evil, and she's pretty evil in this. Um, and. Uh, man, I don't want to, the, the, the mystery is still pretty good. Um, you should really check out the book or the, I think you can get a collected edition for like 30 bucks. Um, a,
0: a good chunk of it is the Harvey Dent story of the dark Knight. Oh yeah. Uh, it, you
1: could, uh, yeah. Th- the dark Knight is heavily influenced by this. Um, Cause it, I mean the dark Knight and the long Halloween follow Harvey Dent's rise and fall. Um, and he, uh, the guy who plays Two-Face in it is... Uh, balls, I can't remember who it is, but the voice acting is really great in the, f- in the film. Um, uh, it's... Uh, yeah. So you should check it out. I mean, it's still really well-made. Um, they do kind of... Like, they omit the Riddler, uh, the Scarecrow, and Mad Hatter are in it, but they kind of serve a different purpose. Uh and the ending isn't the same. Um, or it kind of is, but it's not really the same. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I get why they do it. It's cool that they change it up. Um, because if you've read it, and it's such a iconic Batman story that a lot of people know it. It's cool they change it a little bit. Um, not as crazy as, you know, the killing joke where Batgirl is fucking Batman. But <laughs> it's uh, there is a little there are some changes to it um but yeah it's still really fun and uh, i think dc animated movies are really great uh in two weeks there's another one it's mortal Kombat realm legends of the realm or whatever the fuck it's called i don't know um but it's a sequel to scorpion's revenge so i'm looking forward to that like you know two mortal Kombat movies in one day one year what the hell um, yeah, hopefully one of them will be good yeah both of them are probably um, anyways yep that's all I watched this week this week on Real Nerds we saw The Suicide Squad Brad should people do you recommend people see The Suicide Squad
0: absolutely um, this is my favorite movie of the year uh, so far uh, it's a ton of fun it's just a ton of fun Zach? Yeah, I think you should. Uh, this movie's out of its goddamn
3: mind, and that was exactly what I wanted it to be, considering what we got first with David Hare. so i definitely seek it out.
1: Corinne?
2: I guess I was the only person in existence who didn't like this movie. Uh, there are some good moments in it, but it wasn't as funny as I was expecting it to be, or at least, like, the type of humor that's in a lot of the movie is not a type of humor that I appreciate. So also it's like hyper violent. So y'all know how I feel about that kind of stuff, but there are a lot of like just technical things in the movie that are impressive. So it's like the best movie I've ever disliked. If I can put it that way.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I love this movie. I am with Brad. I saw it with him on Thursday and it's so cool, uh, you know. I love. I felt the same way about Jungle Cruise, but I love going to movies and just escaping and having a lot of fun. And I, I think uh, you have to be in on the joke for to to enjoy the movie. Uh, and if you're not, then you're probably in Corinne's boat, where you're like, "Oh, I don't get this movie," but there's some cool parts to it. Uh, but I, I, I Love this movie here's a trailer for the suicide squad you gotta be kidding me you're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester it's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head we don't leave one of our own behind hopefully harley's still alive no funny business colonel these are dangerous people team two is clear to go fire up three two what are you guys doing what you we're, we're here to save you you were gonna save me it was a really good plan too
0: well i can go back inside and you can still do it
1: that's patronizing
0: i'm so sorry harley quinn
1: Bloodsport. you know the deal successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way and I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull
3: Can do the job free, so this is the famous baby. suicide squad
2: Num-num.
0: any questions
1: And yes. That is your hand. Very good.
2: We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Here's the deal. we fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die.
0: If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What?
1: No.
2: If you cough without covering your mouth. Harley,
1: although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How much hell am I to know? You're the leader.
3: You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was
1: completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problemo.
3: Why
2: would someone put penises all over the beach?
3: Who
1: knows why madmen do what they do?
3: This is suicide. Well, oh, that's kind of our thing. I want to get you out of here alive.
2: I'm going to get you out of here alive.
1: Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit
2: I uh-huh. love the rain. It's like angels are floating
1: all over us. Uh, Amanda Waller calls in the Suicide Squad or uh, Task Force X to Liberate a country Or see what they have in A testing facility
3: mm-hmm.
1: And so she sends In the Suicide Squad But wait there's more she actually Sends in a second Suicide Squad yeah. um, To actually infiltrate it Where the first Suicide Squad is basically A distraction Yeah um, and uh so right away i love how this movie sets it up um where you have people and, and even the trailers you have like you know javelin man or something where you go oh this guy's definitely gonna die but pete davidson or uh, michael rooker you have a feeling that maybe these guys might die but they might make it further along yeah and they don't make it out of the first 20 minutes <laughs> I don't think it's even twenty minutes. Is it what like ten? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, ten minutes when the weasel dies. <laughs> yeah, or well, or does he? <laughs> yeah. I just see. This is what I mean. Like, you're either in in this movie or not. Because when the weasel jumps in and starts drowning right away, <laughs> it's, it's Did like, like, Here you you see if
0: the weasel could swim.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> love that line. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, even.
0: If I you have a sick twisted sense of humor, that's it is why this movie's appealing. <laughs> yeah,
1: because you got you gotta like just in you just gotta embrace the zaniness. You know, it's Pete Davidson, you know, I double cross these guys, and then getting his head blown off. Um
0: <laughs> which it, I, I, I love to think that you know he got hired because he probably was at a party with James Gunn somewhere. He's like, yeah, like we just need people to die in this movie. So if you want to come on, and then Pete Davidson's like, yeah, people hate me, so they would love to see me die in the first ten minutes. <laughs> just blow my face off or something. Yeah,
1: um, even uh, you know, Michael Rooker's supposed to be this badass, and then he swims away, <laughs> and then ends up getting his head blown off, anyways. Uh, I was trying to remember from the first Suicide Squad: did she uh, detonate the
3: the trigger on the or the the Device on the back of the head to anybody in the first one.
0: Uh, yeah. The God, he was like
2: the guy who can climb anything, right?
0: Yeah, I think he was made up for the movie. I don't remember his name, Uh, but yeah, Slipknot. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's right, Adam Beach. Yeah, that's right. The name
2: of a band.
0: It's also an actual knot, but yeah, yeah,
3: Uh, yeah. It it was just interesting to like to. to, I, I guess because he gotten r rating and was able to do all these insane practical effects because there's for for all the cgi that's in here, there is some good practical stuff that you can notice pretty quick um brad you told us last week that this was basically like a trauma movie and you did not lie nope (laughs) this this movie is unafraid to do exactly what trauma would do in that particular scenario and i really enjoyed that he got to kind of flex those muscles because I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but that th- there's a there's a certain element of Guardians that he brings into this, but the majority of this is an excuse for him to have some R-rated fun, which he hasn't had in a while.
1: Yeah, it's the the one thing I'll always give DC credit for lately is they're allowing filmmakers to take chances, um, because I, I can't see Marvel ever approving a film like this. Oh no! And, I mean,
0: as close as they'll probably get is maybe a Deadpool or like, but yeah, I feel like at the end they'll, they'll find a way to make it PG 13.
1: Yeah. I don't know to tell you the truth, but um, yeah, it's if you give someone free reign and just say, Hey, make the movie you want to make and you can do whatever you want with the characters. I, I think is commendable. And yeah. I mean, I think Harley Quinn is great in this, uh, her running down the hallway when she's killing people and the blood turns to flowers, I think is like incredibly well choreographed. And you see and, little animated birds and shit. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully shot. I, I, I think that moment is just like a highlight of the movie.
0: And on top of all the craziness, um, he made me care about D list characters. He'd brought D list yeah. characters up to at least B list DC characters. Um,
3: Pokémon man.
0: Polka Dot Man, man. yeah, Uh, you know they make fun of him in the early thing, like, "Hey, you want to be at my kid's birthday party?" Um, Yeah, like they, like that's a character I, you know, made. Like I heard of him before in comics, but you know, never read any of his storylines. But I was like, "Yeah, it seems like him and uh, Condiment Man and Crazy Quilt, like those guys are all, you know, just terrible ideas." But James Gunn finds a way to make it worth your time. Uh, Rat Catcher. Um, being the soul of the movie. Um, King yeah. Shark. You oh know. my
3: God. King Shark has my favorite moments in this movie. Sylvester Stallone rocks it.
0: <laughs> like he's been doing well on the CW as like a character, but yeah. And here it just elevates him so much more, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He rips that guy apart.
1: <laughs> there's so many funny moments that it, like are just, out of nowhere you know when peacemaker and bloodshot are just uh our bloodsport are just killing people and seeing who can do it better and then they realize they're killing the freedom fighters
0: all that <laughs> which in that scene it's i'm they're going like how do how uh are they not alerting everyone <laughs> that they're there because everyone's <laughs> in pretty close proximity to each other um <laughs> and, you know they're exploding people and eating them and turning them on fire but Somehow someone five feet away doesn't sense them at all. <laughs> that's <kind of laughs> ridiculous, but yeah
3: John Cena' really good in the movie too i was I was not prepared for how how well he nails it like he's It's a damn good role for him um he's He's funny when he needs to be, and then he gets downright scary when he needs to be because by the time we get to that that i guess we're, we're since we're past spoilers right now when they when they've discovered the giant
1: fucking starfish. <laughs> They're... Uh, Starro is the first villain that Justice League ever teamed up to fight against
3: what really yeah wow that's insane
1: <laughs> and he looks just like that in the comic books
3: <laughs> that's <laughs> I didn't see the poster, the final poster, but I looked at the final poster after seeing the movie and I saw the starfish flying from the sky and I'm just like, oh my God, I guess I should have just looked at the poster. It would have given me a clue. <laughs> like,
0: and this is a just... world that does have Superman in it. So I am wondering where the Justice League is. <laughs> it seems like the Suicide Squad could have just walked away and the Justice League would have handled it. But it's, but
3: it, they established well, that this is technically somewhat or at least continuing off of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Well, we have no,
1: the the Justice League can't intervene because remember, the big thing is, is they don't want the United States secrets to get out. So if uh, Waller or someone would have sent in Superman or Batman, there's no way those guys would let that get out, not right. get out rather.
0: But like Superman can hear everything. So I think once sorrow does free itself from like, I I think all bets are off. Like he's there within, you know, 30 seconds.
2: Maybe this takes place when Superman's dead.
0: I mean, he was in the ICU from the kryptonite bullet, but.
2: Well, we don't know how long ago that was. I mean, long enough that blood sport or whatever is in prison.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm just making a logic thing. Like it, it doesn't, like the movie is supposed to be the Suicide Squad. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they screwed it up. I'm just saying like, if you logically think about like, that's what would have happened, but I'm fine with it the way it is, you know?
3: It's, I mean, and given the fact that the DC canon is in shambles at this point, like all, a lot of it is kind of irrelevant, but it is, I was curious myself, Brad, because of that line of just like, is this, is this like some kind of like after Justice League Part One thing where Superman's in the ICU or something? But it's like almost, but because I know they're not gonna follow up on it, it's just like doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's its own thing. It's it could be in the universe if you wanted to. If it you know if the universe isn't working, you could easily be a standalone. So um, yeah, you can yeah, always I,
1: default that Superman's doing something else.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs>
3: and and, the, and I like how I loved Viola Davis this time around it's Amanda Waller like it, it's just, it's a I don't again I don't remember much of David Ayer's one but it just seemed like here she was she was allowed to be much more callous and uh like absolutely insensitive beyond all belief because my favorite moment in this movie apart from king shark eating somebody's head like it's a snack um is when they knock the fuck out of Amanda Waller <laughs> like, so, like at last somebody has stopped her from fucking like from doing terrible things like get on the satellite deal you fucking
0: dickhead
2: <laughs> I remember when they announced that she had been cast for David Ayer's Suicide Squad and I was like honestly like that's perfect like she does like have this like presence whenever she's on screen yeah. but then I never actually saw that movie but then watching her in this I'm like she's like, perfect as Amanda Waller, but on the other hand, she's almost too good for, like, Viola Davis is just, like, her whole thing as an actress, like, she is too good for this movie. <laughs> she should be off doing other better things.
3: This is how she gets the money to do those other better things, if that's if that's the way you want to look at it. I look at it as she found a really fun role to dig her teeth into that most comic book movies don't provide for somebody like her, which is which is great to see that 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 gun carried her over from air because she is i remember her being good in air suicide squad i just don't remember her being this mean and vicious and it was like it was delightful to watch because she like just nails it like she you know it's there's a lot of angles going on with her that i really appreciate as a character but it also like there is that triumph of just like yeah god somebody please stop her we need to actually like save the fucking city with these (laughs) with this sporadic group of heroes here
2: She's almost the most unlikable person in a movie full of villains.
3: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, but, she is I mean, a villain, but Suicide but yeah. Squad is, yeah. But Suicide Squad's set up for you to not look for you to root for these villain, these quote unquote villains anyway. I mean, like, and also Ryan from a from a horror kind of aesthetic and whatnot. When they go down in the ton- when they go down into the uh, Jotunheim, as they call it, and you see all those experiments on the table, like that's some fun. Need yeah. practical effects. You don't get
0: to see that often anymore. That was pretty fucking dope. <laughs> J- Jotunheim <laughs> people... is the planet Yo- Yo- Loki's from, right?
3: Jotunheim is, uh, yeah, that's um, that's the ice planet.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, but that's also just from Norse mythology in general.
3: Yeah, so right. they just called the base Jotunheim. So
0: yeah, I'm just wondering if there's connection. And I don't as know. much
2: as they're both from Norse mythology, yes. <laughs>
0: is is the german nazis who named the building so just curious and gun comes from marvel so just wondering what his inspiration yeah, was i
1: uh, uh one of my favorite moments i mean i loved harley quinn in this but i love after she hooks up with the president and you find out <laughs> that he's a bastard and she just fucking kills him I'm like yes fuck that dude i, I love the thing the, had a bullet yeah the, the bullet line <laughs>
0: Yeah, I am curious to know too, uh, because this was supposed to come out last year, if they spent any time between now and then working on any special effects, because I can't think of a single moment in the movie where the you know effects drop the ball. Um like maybe no, sometimes King too, Shark but, isn't yeah. convincing, but uh no, a lot of his close ups are.
1: Yeah, his close up, you see the texture on him and stuff is incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like overall and like when they're running down the streets and Starro's destroying the city, like behind them, just all really like detailed and yeah, a lot of that. effects work. It looks like,
3: Oh my God, that was, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Like when, when, um, when Starro's um, little offshoot starfish uh things or face huggers are on people, he's getting to do some zombie movie stuff in here too. Like he literally gets to pack a bunch of different genres into this one story. Cause I, I did not think it was gonna. The movie was gonna end with a big kaiju in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of a city. That that was not on my radar. Um, and this movie has a good job of referencing kind of like that the feel of like old war movies. Like it, it, there's there's a cannon feel also in addition to the trauma feel of like men on a mission kind of movie, like an, an invasion USA or even a Dirty Dozen from which is not canon, but you know just th- that whole vibe is is ever-present and ever-lovely ever, ever lovely to watch with him uh, at the helm. And I do like the fact that Weasel survives, because I just love that he just walks out into the middle of that island and we have no idea what he's going
1: to Yep. Good stuff. Corinne, did you want to add anything on your not approval of it?
2: Oh, I could go on a whole rant, but I'll save it. You guys like the movie, so... Continue to like the movie, I guess.
0: I will. I've already seen it four times.
2: Oh, jeez. And one I of those wasn't blot it was, from my memory.
0: One of those was in 40x, and unfortunately, I have to say the 40x was not well programmed. Ah, oh, bummer. Yeah, the uh, I don't know if they just uh, didn't refill the water cannon, uh, but it was a movie that has a ton of water splashing. You uh, did not come across in my experience, uh, plenty of smoke. Um, but then there's like weird, like the, the chairs follow the camera movements way too much. And then there's long lulls of nothing happening. Uh, even though there's mm. perfect stuff going on screen where you're just like, Oh, you could have done, you know, water splash here. Um, uh, you know, it's supposed to be lightning in there that I, uh, maybe I was too close to the screen to register with, but way too yeah, many I remember... chair movements for just camera stuff.
1: I remember seeing Rise of Skywalker, and I actually enjoyed it so much because uh, when Rey and Kylo are fighting on the Death Star, it had a constant mist going, and uh, every time they would um, uh, like light up their lightsabers, it would the theater would change that color. So it was pretty badass. That's a bummer though, because I kind of wanted to see this in 40 x
0: Yeah, like every time they like shot one of the the mini staros that would have been a perfect time to like splash water in your face but that didn't happen and there's like a camera move where the chairs rotate the complete opposite direction of the camera Hmm. Um, I wonder if it was
1: fucked up or something
0: yeah it's it's the last it was the last screen of the evening so I don't know maybe it just Hmm. like I said they ran out of fluid or something and or yeah maybe it's just because I I was actually thinking about 4DX is like because it, it's so mechanically intensive it's it's interesting that they put that much money into something that mm. might have to have repairs constantly you know yeah you know like how like disney world you know they're moving towards more projected rides so they can save money on having to repair mechanics so yeah i don't know. but no they're gonna put them in theaters across the country i guess whenever business picks up so yeah. I do
2: have one joke about the movie I wanted to make which if you follow me on Twitter, you already saw but man, whoever hate or whoever wrote this movie must really hate birds <laughs> and must really love rats.
3: and uh, James Gunn wrote it so well, he must they're...
2: really hate birds. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah well else. the birds I... got
1: their revenge on uh, Michael Rooker at the end they're eating his brains. <laughs> Yeah, true. well,
2: I didn't get to see the birds have their revenge on whoever the generals or whatever. Who? who why do they burn? They just burn birds out in the middle of the like. Why? So to, I mean
0: to reinforce how shitty that general is. Oh, yeah. Wow. He he he's not a romantic. He uh, he's all business.
2: Can have yep. just set him free? Literally would have cost you nothing, but now you waste gasoline. So mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
1: that's
0: he, he needs to be... You mean. know how
2: expensive gasoline is, fam? Like, give it to me. I'll use it.
0: <laughs> he doesn't let people go. He tortures them. He <laughs> just wants to destroy things. I, also, I, I,
2: Peter I, Capaldi I, was a bad guy. I kind of wanted him to be, like, on the Suicide Squad, but he was not although at least he was in that hero shot there in the one sequence yeah Eh, whatever
3: I did like that uh, just a gigolo is something that she's just humming and then they they play that song for that wonderful sequence Ryan alluded to with Harley Quinn like it was just nice to listen to some Louis Prima as she was just kicking ass
1: (laughs) yep good stuff
0: Milton's dead
1: Who's
3: Milton? Who's Milton?
0: (laughs) Are you kidding me right (laughs) now? (laughs) He's been with us the whole time.
3: (laughs) I like it how they later on. She's just like we talked for three hours about how your name was Milton.
0: It's not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we did. (laughs) Oh, an R.I.P. Polka Dot Man. Like. (laughs) Oh, and him seeing his mom everywhere.
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) that was (laughs) one of the better jokes in the movie for me. That sequence in the club where he's, like, dancing and it's his mom all around him. That was pretty good.
0: Where is your mother? Everywhere. <laughs> I turned them all in my head into my mom and I killed them.
3: <laughs>
1: yes. Polka Dot Man is deadly. <laughs> What's do, next do, week?
3: He, he does melt
0: the shit out of people. <laughs> oh, he's giving you a leaf. Why the fuck
3: do I want a leave?
2: he's
0: showing you friendship
2: (laughs) I did see I think it was a review on Letterboxd that said this movie had the potential to go from an A to an F real fast if anything happened to that rat
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is actually a great joke where uh, the rat wants to shake the hand of Bloodsport and he (laughs) ignores him and the rat goes
0: (laughs) Uh, I just remembered uh peacemaker in his tidy whites. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a TV show. Yeah, that's a. Uh, if you stay past the credits, you you showed it shows that he he made it out. But yeah, that was mm-hmm. uh, that was crushing. Him, like that double cross there for me. Yeah, because he was such a likable and character.
2: Else. Someone else makes it out too, Brad. Huh? Right? Well, right, that was in the post credits or mid credits or something, right?
0: Oh, we've already talked
3: about Weasel, but yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah. Weasel. We we see Weasel making it alive first before we see
2: Peacemaker. Fucking hated Weasel. That thing was so <laughs> gross. <laughs> <What? That's laughs> a werewolf? I I would have rather him <laughs> stayed dead.
3: Calm <laughs> down. He's just a Weasel. He's killed twenty. He killed and eaten twenty seven children, but still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, How much fun was that it had been for Sean Gunn to just sit there and be a fucking weasel?
2: <laughs> oh, is that who he was?
3: Yeah, Sean man, Gunn I... played Sean Gunn does that. He that's he does the um motion capture for Racket. So naturally yeah. James was just like you're gonna be the weasel today.
0: He got to play that and calendar man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh uh Mantis is in the, the strip club scene. Yeah, along with uh Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah.
2: There were so many names in the credits. I kind of lost track of who all was in the movie. It wasn't until like Taika Waititi showed up that I was like, Oh yeah, Taika Waititi was in this
3: movie. Oh my God. Yeah. What Taika Waititi with one fucking scene makes me cry my fucking eyes out in the suicide squad. I don't know. I did not expect that to happen.
2: Sylvester Stallone didn't realize he was King shark until I saw the credits. <laughs> it's like, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh yeah.
3: They made a big deal. I mean, deal now about that, that I know
2: I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to all the promo materials for this thing. Hmm. Yeah, they they killed off a lot of those people at the beginning, which was probably a good idea because I wondered how the hell are they going to make a movie with a cast this big?
3: Oh my God, Nathan Fillion is the de- detachable kid.
0: <laughs> His arm is just <laughs> floating and like slapping people. Yeah, just like was... a <laughs> <laughs> And then Captain Boomerang, like that, I expect him to go quickly, but. Well, I, knew,
2: I I knew think Harley I, was going to make it out, but I don't. Yeah, everybody I, else I knew was kind of like, eh, they can die.
3: <laughs> I figured Captain Boomerang because everybody gave him crap from uh or Suicide Squad. I I I don't remember if we were fans of it, but I know he was not. Jai Courtney has this kind of weird popularity evasion. I don't know.
0: So. Are Harley and Killer Croc the only remaining characters from that first movie? I guess so. Because um, mm-hmm.
3: sword
0: uh, Sword Gal, I can't remember her name katana katana, katana. Oh. how do i
2: know that i didn't even see that movie
0: <laughs> yeah you're right katana survived yeah
2: well what I about mean, so will did... smith's character oh deadshot, yeah oh
0: uh, yes yeah he's alive yeah what is yeah, some kind of suicide squad
2: <laughs> <laughs> well they were initially going to make Bloodsport into deadshot but then they didn't they wanted to allow will smith to come back if he wanted to so then they just wrote it to be a different character
0: yeah, I mean, he's essentially got the same story as Deadshot. He's dealing with his <laughs> that daughter. Was another,
2: so. That was another good joke where uh, Waller's introducing Peacemaker and it's the exact same lines that she <laughs> used. And I'm you like, oh my gosh, that's kind of, it's, it feels like a meta joke. because, like, yeah, there are so many characters like that in, well, maybe not DC specifically, but just in comic books in general where it's like, yeah, basically they're just a sharpshooter and <laughs> they got like daddy issues or whatever.
3: I had a good eye roll line from when they're introducing Ratcatcher and she won't she's taking too long to get up and just John Cena just goes fucking millennials.
0: I guess <laughs> like, isn't John Cena forty. He is a millennial.
2: Yeah, I thought the yeah. same thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's why it's weird. But I just like the way he delivers it.
0: Yeah. Uh uh,
1: yeah. Next week I think we're seeing Free Guy. I don't know. <laughs> did uh, we, ever, we didn't review Jungle Cruise, did we?
2: No. no. Maybe we can review Jungle Cruise. 500 last week.
0: I mean, two of us just talked about it. Or three of us.
3: All right. Yeah. Man, I'll just go see it on my own. Or we can Yay. do Pig. No. All right. Free guy it is, then.
0: Uh, we also have to do a film solution soon. so. <laughs> I know.
2: Don't do it while I'm gone.
0: And um, The week after this one, I think it's Don't Breathe 2. No. Nah, Don't Breathe 2 comes out this week, too. So oh, I, I put on the list is like, yeah, oh, okay. These are two open weeks. You can interchange them, whatever. Um, but if you want to do a film explosion and Corinne's gone this week, then, you know, we could do Don't Breathe Two this week and then film explosion the next week, skip free guy. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. I know we'll uh, Zach Bynes wants to be a part of the film explosion too. So need to give him some lead time.
3: Yeah, I can uh, talk to him about that this week and let you know um and can i can i plug something real quick
2: i want to plug something too
3: okay i'll go first then um (laughs) uh on august 19th uh the short film that i shot last year in quarantine will be showing at the emerging filmmakers program so if you want to come down and check out the film and hang out with um, i I don't know brad you're probably going to be there so you can meet two real nerds why not
2: Nice. And check out the Real Nerds website for my latest article on the top 10 anime openings. It was a collaboration with Jerry, the artist.
1: Okay, I'll check it out because Jerry's in it.
2: Oh, thanks. Hey, as thanks. long as we get the clicks, I don't give a shit. Thank,
3: thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. It just means so much to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, Zach, you got to put Jerry the artist in your next film and then Ryan will go see it, right?
3: N- no, I need to put
1: Cary Grant in the movie
3: to make it work.
2: I'll <laughs> well,
1: no, be like a skeleton. I'm good. <laughs> oh, well, well zombie. Leave- then, I'll, then I'll be like Pete Davidson.
2: Oh, why'd you send me next to a fucking skeleton? <laughs> Or maybe he'll just be like really far away and it'll be like a lookalike or something like, oh, look, there's Cary Grant. Oh, no, he just went into that truck or something. (laughs) It's just a cardboard
3: cutout.
2: (laughs) Hey, it would technically be Cary Grant.
3: Yeah, it it could. Ryan, do you want to actually, I'll just put, I'll make Ryan the guy who operates the Cary Grant cutout.
2: (laughs) Ooh, ooh, no, I got it. Okay, so it'll be like that sequence in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where it'll be Ryan or whoever, and he's just like staring at this picture of Cary Grant. A little cut back and forth between him looking at the picture, Cary Grant's beautiful face, him looking at the picture closer in on Cary Grant's beautiful face. Poetic cinema. (laughs) Do it, Zach. I will go see it if that sequence is in there. Okay.
3: Fair enough. This is my fault for not
1: consulting you on the last movie. Uh, Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards & Comics